Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Christ is in our midst. Today we enter into the season of Passion Tide, the two weeks leading up to Christ's death on the cross. When we began this journey, Jesus told us his, that he was going to Jerusalem to die and invited us to go with him. If during these last few weeks we've been just a spectator, It is time now for us to become a disciple, to follow closely, to be attentive, to put to death anything that stands between us and God. As Christ draws closer to his passion, as we read in our gospel, uh, tensions are heightened. It's coming close to the time for him to complete his work. Soon he will offer his back to the smiters and his soul to the Father as a sacrifice for our sin. It is through this offering of himself, the offering of his love, that his glory will be made manifest, a gruesome glory. It will be through the darkness of his suffering that his power and his glory will be revealed. This really is the divine paradox that runs through everything in creation. Everything. And as we get closer to this revelation, everything around begins to shake and to shudder. Things begin to feel like they're going to come apart. Just before the light bursts forth and makes a new creation, the darkness, and we see this, the darkness grows ever dark. The worms begin to crawl out. There's a great shadow rolling in. Hyenas are howling. Potions are mixed. Thorns gathered. Plots are hatched. Blood money is exchanged. Nails are being forged. A lance is being sharpened. Bits of bone pressed into leather straps. And the sons of the devil are plotting to kill Jesus. That's where we are today. But it's not time, not just yet, for him to go silent to the shearers. Before he goes, he will pronounce judgment on those who have become filled with hate. And he calls them out. He exposes them. He confronts them. In his conversation with them today, both in what we read and in the verses before, he tells them, you will die in your sin. He tells them, you are from below. You are from this world. He tells them, I have many things to judge about you. He says, you want to kill me because my word has no place in you. He says, you do the deeds of your father. You are of your father, the devil. 
You are not of God. And they reply to him, You're a Samaritan and have a demon. I do not have a demon. We know that you have a demon. Then they took up stones and tried to kill him, but Jesus hid himself. We're coming to the great apex, the culmination of his great salvific work. And as we do, the serpent raises his head just before the heel comes down. But before it does, that serpent will strike and bruise that heel before it's crushed. What a story. What an amazing story. Only God could love like this. Man could never imagine a thing like this. Only God would destroy his enemy by giving himself over to death. You know, while all of this is going on, no one really knows what's happening. Nobody. The Jews certainly don't. Not the disciples, not even the demons. Only Jesus knows. He's very much alone in all of this. And that's part of the story, how blind man has become, how blind and unable to perceive the truth. It's a debilitating sickness, this blindness. And it's expressed to us in our gospel stories, it's expressed to us in these final days as he goes up to Jerusalem to die, in the utter failure by those we read about today, those who he came to save, those whom he loved, who he carried for so long, their complete failure to recognize their Savior. You know, Mary failed to recognize Jesus in the garden, and the disciples failed to recognize him on the road to Emmaus. But those failures were very different. In this case, the stone-cold, hardened hearts of these refusing Jesus' word grows into a murderous rage instigated by the devil himself whom Jesus said they had made their father. They accused him of being a bastard child of fornication and they accused him of being possessed of a devil. That's the accusation. They spit in the face of their savior, their very God who created them and loved them, who gave everything, even his own life, for them, nurtured them, carried them in his arms for so many generations. When he hints at who he truly is, as he begins to pull the curtain back and show himself, they're enraged all the more. Driven by the demons with rage, they pick up stones to try and stone God. But he hid himself because his hour had not yet come. The rejection, too, so sadly and so painfully for us today, as we are experiencing in this room, comes not just from his enemies, but even by his friend. And the pain and the suffering that he endures and enters in during this period is so much more acute by his isolation and the betrayal he suffers. When he spoke the truth, remember, even those who had professed their belief in him left him. You hear the 
pain in his voice when he says to the disciples, will you leave me too? The Last Supper, one of you will betray me. St. David, speaking in the voice of Christ, says, my own familiar friend, his heel is risen against me. Will you turn your friend over to these demons with a kiss? His closest friends sleep when he needs them the most. Peter denies him with curses. All of these things are written in these last hours of our suffering Savior. These things are written not to condemn the Jews. That's not why we read them today. (laughs) To condemn the Jews. God forbid. They are written for us. They are written for us. They are written in strong and alarming language. For us. That we might contemplate them and what they might mean for our own life. That we might remain loyal and true to Jesus Christ and to one another. As we continue over these next few days to Calvary, I pray for all of us that we might be sober and circumspect. We are aided also in this by our friends and the light of Christ being veiled last night after our retreat. Um, Right before Vespers, they came out and veiled everything quickly and When we went to save Espers, it really caught me off guard because I hadn't had time to think about it beforehand. I'd forgotten about it, actually. Daniel came and said, oh, we need to veil the icons. I said, okay, hurry up. We came out to begin Vespers, and it was just... It's kind of... Stab in the gut. Which is what's supposed to be. (laughs) You know... We want to be closer to God, don't we? That's what we think. We think we want to be close. I think we do want to be closer to God, but it's it's a little bit complicated. (laughs) Because a lot of the times, you know, we want to be closer to God, but something very unexpected happens when he takes a step towards us. We often recoil, (laughs) don't we? I know we do, because you tell me that you do. I know I do. What's going on with that? You know, that's what's happening in this whole gospel lesson. He takes a step towards the ones that have been crying out for him to come, and they try and kill him. Well, they do kill him. God shows up at the door of our heart and he says, come, here's your cross. Whoa, I I don't know about this. I don't know about this. But we don't need to be afraid of him. We don't need to be afraid of our Savior. He came to reveal himself more openly and this should bring joy, but in our story and what we read about, instead the light brought dark. The light brought darkness. As he begins to pull back the curtain and shine forth the light, what happens? 
Is there light? No, there's darkness. Unleashed. Darkness covers the earth. The demons come out of every nook and cranny. Because their hearts are evil. He gives them the greatest news in our passage today. He's, there's so much there. He gives the greatest news to mankind that's ever been uttered. He says, if you keep my words, you will never see death. That's good news. They responded by saying, you have a devil. <laughs> he invites all of us to go with him to Calvary. Let us not be afraid. Let us not recoil. Let us run to the light. Run to the cross. Let us go with him. He does not have a devil. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. And he has prepared a kingdom of joy for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.